Welcome to the Repertory Podcast with your host, Karen Allen, where each episode takes you from case scenario to words, from words to rubrics, from rubrics to rep set, from repertorization to remedies, from differential to outcome, all in about 25 minutes. It's fun, it's quick, it's never the same. Grab your repertory, a pen and paper to take some notes, and buckle up. For those of you who are new, who are joining us today and you haven't been here before, um, we just dive into the repertory. We dive in with, with complete abandon. And if you're new, it might go kind of fast. That's okay. Whatever repertory you've got, that's okay. My first five years of practice, I used this repertory by hand and repertorized every case I did by hand. So um, it was a good way to get into the repertory and learn what's in there. So even if you're working with a computer base, I really encourage everybody to have a copy. It's not expensive and just spend some time looking at it and reading it. You'll find things that are in there that you had no idea were in there. There is no amount of using a computer repertory, which, and I love my computer repertories, don't get me wrong, it will never replace the learning opportunity from a book in the hand. And some of the later, bigger repertories, the book in the hand is like, so start with something small and simple. Even if you've just got the repertory that's in the back of Borakis, you know, read it work with it, do what you can with it, okay? So I wanna welcome anybody that's new and here's the way the game goes. Uh, We start out with a case, you're gonna need a piece of paper and a pencil and uh, you're gonna need a repertory of some sort and whatever kind you've got is fine. We have a case uh, and you're gonna need to write down the notes and then together as a team, we come up with the different rubrics which gets us into all the different sections of the repertory over time. And we get to talk about, oh, is this a better choice or is that a better choice? What do we think about this or that? And so you just absorb a lot of ideas about the repertory while we're doing this. Our client today is a 68-year-old fella who went to a family holiday event that ended up being a COVID super spreader event and everybody got sick. He tested positive for COVID the third day he was back home from this event, but he had no symptoms at all. All the other people that he traveled there with and came back with all had symptoms. He was vaxxed, fully vaxxed and boosted. He had no symptoms at all. And he thought, great, I'm doing great. The other family members that were also vaxxed and boosted were getting the sore throat and the fever and the body ache and the headache and the cough and the everything else. And he didn't get any of that. About the time that all of them had completely gotten over it, he got up out of bed. This is two weeks after he got home. He got up out of bed one morning, had a brief feeling of dizziness and immediately fell to the floor, collapsed to the floor. His wife freaked out, called 911. Pretty appropriate, 68-year-old guy, vibrant, healthy guy who all of a sudden gets out of bed one morning and falls to the floor. So he went to the ER. 
They took him in an ambulance. He got the full checkout. They did the heart check. They did the MRI scan. They did a CT scan of his brain. They did all the labs. They did everything. And there's absolutely nothing that was a finding. They said, you're healthy as a horse. He said, I'm dizzy when I stand up. They said, maybe it's idiopathic syncope. We don't think it's vertigo because of this or that. There doesn't seem to be anything going on with your ears. There doesn't seem to, there doesn't seem to be any kind of vestibular problem. Your eyes aren't doing anything wonky. You're fine. Just go home and it'll all be okay. He went home. He tried the Epley maneuver thing that you do for people who have vertigo. That didn't help. And now when we talked to him last week, it's four weeks later. And for four weeks, he has basically been debilitated. He is dizzy in a nondescript way, weak and dizzy in the morning generally, better through the rest of the day. He will fall unpredictably against a wall. He's taken to walking with his hand on the wall wherever he goes anywhere. He can fall forward, backward, sideways, any direction with a slight sense of dizziness, but he doesn't know he's going to fall until he falls. And he suspects that the falling is less about the dizzy and more about a, a weakness that comes over him. He said, I don't feel strong and confident in myself like I usually do. I feel weak. So the dizzy is worst when he's getting out of bed in the morning. It's very bad when he gets up from a chair. And it's also really bad when he rises up from bending over. Like if he bends over to tie his shoes, he's okay while he's bending over. He's okay while he is bent over, but as soon as he comes up from bending over, he gets dizzy and he feels weak. As soon as he lays down, all of these symptoms are completely gone. He's fine. He's not dizzy. He's not weak. Obviously, he can't fall because he's lying down. He is unusually sensitive and annoyed by touch. He is usually a huggy, friendly kind of guy. And he does not want anybody to touch him. Do you guys? And I ask him, what's the deal about touch? He says, it feels like it is pressure. And I can't stand the pressure. He almost always wears a hat. He's got a bald head. He almost always wears a hat. He says, I can't wear my hat now because of the pressure of the hat. I can't wear a jacket because it's pressing on me. Anything pressing on my body is very uncomfortable. School. Okay. And during this four weeks, he has been given a lot of remedies, which did not have any impact on this at all. He has been given Bryonia, Arsenicum, Gelsimium, Rustox, Phosphorus, Coculus, China, Arnica, Tobacum, Ferrum Foss, and Zincum Foss. So somebody give me a rubric. So Aaron says vertigo on rising and Rena says mornings. So let's go look in vertigo, right? Okay. Now, when you come right into this section, there's this large general rubric of everything vertigo. 
And then below that, we see a laterality, left side, right side. This is Kent's standard thing. And then after that, we see times of day that start in the morning and go around through the night. And then we start with the A to Z things. So let's start out. He tells us very specifically, this is worse in the morning. Okay. So we've got vertigo in the morning. And Aaron says it's also on rising, which is absolutely true. Vertigo rising on aggravates. Okay, now he's got multiple different examples of standing up from bed, standing up from a chair, standing up from bending over. Where else why might we be able to find, you know, one of the continual dialogues that we have with ourselves about the repertory is, can I find it in the specific example? Can I find it in a general example? So if we look in generalities, yeah, Heather, you're right on track. Heather says, let's look in generals. If we look in generalities, we also have mourning. We could think about that, but this thing about rising, anybody want to find a rubric in there for me? All right, Aaron's on it. Generalities rising up aggravates. And we can look in here, rising up from a seat in the morning. Let's go back into vertigo. Vertigo, lying, and you know, for those of you who are new to the repertory, I remember when I first was looking in the repertory where I would see lying and I would think, is this someone who is not telling the truth? Because sometimes you can't tell. Lying is the repertory version of laying. Laying apparently at that time was what chickens did with eggs in their nest and not what humans did on the couch or the bed. So you got to remember, you're, you're not going to be looking in the L-A, you're going to be looking in the L-Y, okay? So uh, lying while ameliorates. He's better if he lays down. Vertigo rising from stooping. Yep, good. This is, you know, a lot of times people have trouble uh, with this word stooping is kind of in, interchangeable with bending in the repertory, but different sections use it different ways. So this is a great one. And also here we see aggravated on rising from bed. Great. Okay, let's look at what we got here. Vertigo in the morning, on rising up, and he's better while he's laying down, and then we've got all these different flavors of rising. Okay, can somebody help me with one where he first got up and just hit the floor? He felt this brief dizziness and hit the floor. Where are we going to find a rubric about that? Hey, Noel. Anybody got a rubric for falling? Oh, Peggy, you're right on it. Vertigo, falling tendency. That's great. 
Aaron, that's a good question. Aaron says generalities collapse. You know, if he didn't have falling tendency to, if he if he had only had this happen this one time without that particular wave of dizzy, I absolutely would have gone with generalities collapse. But in the four weeks since then, he's fallen or almost fallen several other times, which is why he's walking along now holding on to the walls. So I, I can't say that generals collapse isn't accurate, but I think that there's this dizzy unstable that maybe would be, I wouldn't probably go with generals collapse unless I couldn't find vertigo falling tendency, okay? All right, now he also says that he feels weak generally. Where are we gonna find that? And this was, he was like, I don't know if I'm falling down just because I'm weak or if I'm falling down because I'm dizzy. Generalities, weakness, Carol's on it. Yep, 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 good. Weakness, yep, yep, yep. We're just gonna drag that in there. It's an enormous rubric. So Carol, you bring up a really good point. Generalities, sudden weakness. It did come on suddenly and now we're in the sequela of it. I think had I seen him that first day when he went to the ER, I probably would have grabbed a rubric like that, but now it's in a more chronic thing. And so I would be a little bit hesitant to use it now. Okay, what are the other two things that he told us are bothering him now? We got two more things to stick in here. Oh, generalities touch aggravates. Excellent, Margo, you're right on it. Okay. And now we want something that has to do with pressure. Pressure also aggravates, like he didn't like his hat. He didn't like his coat, okay? So shall we see what we got? All right, now I would probably, we'll go ahead and look and see what's in here. But um, I think that if we, one of the ways to test the quality of your rubric set is to think of it like real estate and how many houses on the block are all the same color. And is that actually representative? We have 11 rubrics here and one, two, three, four, five, 50% of them have to do with rising up. Was it actually 50% of his case report? Probably not. And so in order to keep it from being, it would be like if we had this lying, weakness lying ameliorates, touch lying ameliorates, pressure lying ameliorates, and lying became a way too big thing in the case. We probably don't want to do that. So I think we're going to go ahead and combine these. And then what I like to do is take these and grab them and stick them into a different chart 
so that I can look at them in a detailed way later. Okay. That way, if I come down to something where I'm like, well, is it this remedy or is it this remedy? I'll, I will get to see a different way. Okay. So when we've got our rubric set now, we want to ask three important questions. What's the first question we're going to ask? Is it true? Right. Is there anything in here where I just made it up? I was just tootling around in the corners of my mind and he didn't say it, but it was my opinion. Boy, can we get ourselves into trouble with that? And we'll do it sometimes when we don't even think we're doing it. And then we'll be talking with somebody else about a repertorization for a case and like in a, a shared clinic case or something. And they'll say, that person didn't say that. Where'd you come up with that? Oh, that's because that's how it is for me, not for them. Okay, so I think everything here is true. If any, anybody got any idea here about something that's no true? Okay, what's our second question? Did we miss anything? That's actually our third question, but it's absolutely useful. Is there anything we left out? If there was, now's the time to drag it in. For example, if we got really busy finding the rubrics about falling and about rising up and about lying down, and we totally forgot about the touch or pressure things, then we wouldn't get the full pattern of the case. So it's great to ask, did I miss anything? And then scan over your notes again. And then the, the other question is, is there anything here that's true but it's actually totally irrelevant. Like if he had said in the middle of my talk with him, you know, I like to sleep on my left side and uh, lately I've been eating a lot of butter. And I ask him, do you always eat a lot of butter? And he says, yeah, my wife just bought this new kind and I just kind of can't let go of, but I always love butter and I always eat a lot of butter. And then we had something like we added a rubric for craving butter. Well, it's not changed since he got this complaint. So we really shouldn't put it in there. It is true. It's just not relevant. So we really want to be very true to the signal of the vital force that it has entrusted us with these symptoms for us to find the pattern. Okay. All right, so let's see what we got. Are you guys curious? I'm curious. Okay. Hmm, vertigo, lying while, and we're also gonna look at this with all of the other rising rubrics in there. Okay, lycopodium lachesis, that's interesting. Silica, bryonia, so he was already given bryonia. Carboanomalus, that's also interesting. You know, carboanomalus is a remedy for the sequela of flu. China, he's been given. Pulsatilla, okay, Cena, didn't expect that. Rustox, he's been given. Nap mirror, common remedy actually for vertigo and syncope. Nitric acid, phosphorus, cocculus, Carbo veg, again, some remedies that he's been given. Spigelia, hmm. If, if when he had come back from the ER, they had said, yeah, there's something going on with his heart, it was an arrhythmia, then I'd have been thinking, oh yeah, there's something going on there. Opium, interesting, aconite, okay. 
oleander, chamomile, stanum, stramonium. Okay. Of all of these remedies, the one that is the least common here is a remedy for the sequela of flu of oleander. And oleander is, it's an unusual remedy to have come up covering all of these rubrics. So now this makes me curious. Let's go put these other things that we grabbed out. Remember all these? We're going to pull these back in here now and look and see, is oleander in these things? Wow. All right. So we've still got some, we, we start to see a little bit more of the fabric when we look at these details in here and we start to see some things being left out. Now, he's been given so many large remedies, and do we actually for sure know that this is a sequela of COVID? No, but he's tested positive every week now for four weeks with apparently no symptoms that are COVID-ish. He didn't have a headache. He didn't have a fever. He's never had a sweat. He didn't have a cough but he had this weird instability. So the remedy that I ended up giving him was one of the ones that is a sequela of flu where there's not big overt flu symptoms, which is oleander. And I had him take oleander 30C, three doses over 24 hours, and then move forward, you know, like uh, observe for 48 hours. And then if you needed another dose, take it. And then I talked to him about five days later. And from the first dose, his symptoms were about 50% better. The second of the three doses over 24 hours, they were again better. Um, what we do know about oleander is that it is quite sensitive to pressure and to touch, and that it has weakness that comes on after some infective process. Now, I don't, you know, sometimes an acute comes up and we end up talking with uh, a client and finding an acute remedy that ends up being much larger in their case. I have no idea if that's going to happen for this guy or not. But the response to the oleander was so quick that I wanted to share it with you. And does that mean that, you know, maybe if I had given him pulsatilla, we would have had the same improvement. Maybe if I had given him carboanimalis or lycopodium, we would have had the same improvement. You know, oleander used to be a very big remedy. It's so funny. Remedies kind of have fads. They get popular and they go in and out of popularity. And I wouldn't say that oleander is on the popular list these days. I think it's really an underused remedy because people don't have a kind of a doorway into it. Out. Most of the time now we're taught oleander as a factor in skin complaints. And this idea of looking across the spread, of looking for what would you expect to see there because it's common, 
And what is unusual, maybe a small remedy to have it show up, it's a little bit unusual. Those are ones that we should kind of pay attention to. And that's a way that the repertory can help give us a nudge into a direction that we would never think of. Thanks for investing your time and effort into learning and using the repertory. You're invited to join us live at Monday Midday Repertory as we create these podcast episodes. Learn more about how to use the repertory with me, Karen Allen, author of the repertory tutorial and workbook, which is now an e-course at www.trinityhealthhub.com. See you next time with another repertory case.